1: Hello and welcome to Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. My name is Andy Stewart and I am a man alone. Hi, I'm
0: Mitch Bain, I'm a wall lurker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm okay, how are
0: you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, We are going for a Walls Dwelling episode again this week.
1: Yeah, but just out of necessity, really. I know you've got a lot of music-related stuff on, and I've got my own stuff going on. So we thought it was best just to do this this way and get it out there, so as not yeah. to be missing anything.
0: Yeah, I think that the, that turned out to be the prudent decision. I think uh, <laughs> under the circumstances, I'm currently um I have been kind of like cabin fevered into the back room at my girlfriend's house, um, writing music this weekend, being side-eyed by a cat.
1: Yeah, when night becomes day, Mitch, minutes are meaningless. This is it exactly. Um,
0: yeah, but I'm um, a uh, c- cat called Max is eyeing me very suspiciously at the moment, and you know I've come into a space that's obviously his.
1: Right, sure, you should. Sure. Yes, yes, yes.
0: Yeah, um, and I'm, I'm getting that kind of like we don't like your sort around here look off him.
1: Right, I mean <laughs> I can kind of get that. Now, can I just check? Because I've never asked this before when we've been recording in separate locations, but you do have trousers on.
0: <laughs> yes, I can confirm that. Yeah, um I'm, uh, I'm wearing everything but socks. Uh, in terms of in terms of regular footwear uh, oh. regular clothing should i say um, yeah <laughs> that's outrageous <laughs> for, for, for practical purposes i am fully clothed okay no problem that's, are you? that's good to know <laughs> I, I
1: am i am i have shoes on i have a, i have pretty much everything on uh, my arms are, my forearms are bare okay um but that's that's it my head is
0: covered in a hat right right fair it is, fair it is. as we've come to expect yes How has your week been, my friend? Have you been watching much this week?
1: Um, I've watched a couple of things. Uh, To be honest, I've just kind of been revisiting old X Files again (laughs) um, because
0: it's going to happen seasonally for you, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. I can't really focus on stuff just now. I'm still very tired. I'm still trying to kind of acclimatise to that. But I have watched a couple of things. I checked out Babakan Vary's wounds.
0: Ah, okay, so we touched on this last week when we were talking about the things that are coming to the we streaming did, platforms. Yeah. So this landed Netflix on Friday, and it's, uh, yeah, the long-awaited follow-up to Under the Shadow. Now, what I've been hearing about this so far has been, in short, not as effusive as people were about Under the Shadow.
1: I think that that is fair. I really didn't like this at all, Al- almost at all. Uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, it's certainly not a fraction of the film that Under the Shadow is.
0: Okay, so this is about a guy now who picks up a phone that's dropped in a kind of fight and then starts getting weird messages to the phone. Is that right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So it's Army Hammer who plays this guy, who works in a bar. It seems to me to just be a pure bear pit. There's this one guy that, his sole purpose, seems to be the guy that fights. Uh, and everybody sure. knows him. Um, and, and a brawl ensues one night in the bar. There's some creepy teenagers sat in the corner at a table um, and then a phone is left, and when he goes into the phone, there's some weird videos, and then a whole bunch of weird stuff starts to happen. He's also in this loveless relationship with Dakota Johnson, who I'll come on to in a minute, and he has this kind of weird side relationship thing going on. Well, this well-they-won't-they they thing with Zazy Beats. I don't know that name. Uh, she was in Deadpool 2. Oh,
0: that's maybe what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, uh, so they've got this well-they-won't-they they thing going on, but, um, yeah, to be honest, the actual idea of this evil phone filled with all these kind of weird videos and stuff
0: really appeals to me. I as the kind of tech horror storylines go, I thought this one sounded quite cool.
1: Yeah, well it's not. Um oh. <laughs> oh, well yeah, Army Hammer, I think, is doing okay here. He seems always very much to be trying to find the angle that makes him look the most handsome rather than focusing on acting. Okay. Um <laughs> oh. <laughs> But I mean he's he's fine Dakota Johnson, I think, in this is terrible. She seems to be sleepwalking her way through it. It's like she's pure. It's like she's full of valium or something.
0: Oh, okay, really? Uh, and, and I know she's kind of like that anyway. So yeah, it's just, like I, yeah, like I think that like there can be a kind of listlessness to some of her performances that can feel intentional at times. Not so much here.
1: This was infuriatingly, like, infuriatingly dull and infuriatingly slow. Right. Okay. Um, her performance. <laughs> uh, and uh, do you know? I just. Really didn't like it at all. It, it, okay. it goes nowhere. It really goes nowhere. It's like there's it's, a seed of an idea there um, that is never explored and then you're left at the end with more questions than answers. I, um, I, f- I really, really didn't like this at all. And after Under the Shadow, it's a real missed opportunity for me um, and a real disappointment.
0: It seems such a shame to come up with such a cool idea and uh, and not really make any kind of attempt to tease anything out of it.
1: No, and there's there's this kind of vague attempt made to kind of add some of these kind of supernatural elements in. I think at its core it's a kind of story of a guy who's kind of struggling with a drink problem and uh, dealing with his own demons and stuff like that. But it's so obliquely handled that I think any, any goodwill it could have done in any story that it was trying to build up in that way is left completely in the ether, just kind of bumbling around and... This cloud of nothing. Because it's a shame. Yeah. um, Yeah. Quite disappointing.
0: Yeah, no, that's a real blow. I mean, I, I I have every intention of catching up with this, although I I feel like I say that every week, and God knows when I'll do it. But like, yeah, but like, I would quite like to get around to this because I was a big Under the Shadow fan, and I think that like, regardless of the fact that you're not the first person or the second, third, or fourth person that I've heard from who say that there isn't much to this. Yeah. Um, I would still quite like to get to it at some point just to kind of find out for myself. But yeah, disappointing then. So the so wounds maybe uh, I want to skip.
1: I mean, check it out if you want. If you certainly, I mean, if you liked Under the Shadow and you're at all interested, then check it out, but uh, adjust your expectations going in, because they're two very different films, and one of them is far better than the other one, and I'll tell you right now, it's not this one. <laughs> okay. Uh, anything else? Um. Well, do you know what? I'm, I want to just quickly touch on the X-Files. Okay. Because I've been going through, and I'm, I'm running about season five now, and there's mm-hmm. a couple of episodes in season five that absolutely, I would suggest people go and check out, just to see... How interesting and cool that the X Files could be at times. I mean, we all know what the X Files is. It's kind of a monster of the week thing, and then there's a kind of overarching story regarding government cover-ups and alien conspiracies, and you know what it, you know the drill. All oh, that stuff, yeah. But a couple of the monster of the week episodes in series five, I feel they have you have to mention them because series five to me. It's where X-Files started trying to re- started finding it's fun in a way. Okay. And I would suggest uh, episode 5 of season 5, the postmodern Prometheus. Okay. Um, It's filmed in black and white, it's kind of quirky, uh, and there's a weird reliance on the music of Cher. Oh! Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's really fucking cool. And then uh, Bad Blood as well from the same series. They're very funny, very quirky, very cool episodes, and I think while the X-Files can be quite poor faced at times, it's little episodes like this where a kind of chance has been taken, a gamble has been taken, and it really pays off and they're just really charming,
0: clever, interesting episodes. Nice. Okay. Well, uh, worth a mention, I think, especially like that's kinda like for somebody like me because I've got like a kind of casual knowledge of the X Files, kind of a nodding acquaintance acquaintance with it. Yeah. So like um, so kind of good entry point episodes that you can kind of dip into in that way are pretty good recommendations, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, and these ones, by nature, they're monster of the week ones. that they, they they don't really play into the. The, the overarching mythology at all
0: okay so yeah like i so don't stand to don't stand to be too baffled by anything Nah,
1: not not But at least
0: be. if i or at least if i am it's my own fault <laughs> well i <aye. Aye>, <laughs> i don't yeah i don't have too much to talk about this week i do want to talk about one thing actually um i did continue my persevering with creep show right and how's that going it continues to be a mixed bag continues to keep me just on the right level of curious um <laughs> So two segments this week and I address them super quickly in turn. Uh, one of them's called The Companion. Right. Which was directed by David Bruckner again. again. So David Bruckner having previously produced I think the best segment so far on this, stepping in on the companion. So I think that uh, tone wise this one so basically you've got a kid that's bullied by his brother. Mm-hmm then finds and brings to life an old scarecrow and I mean I don't want to get spoilery but basically you know when something like that happens it's like jumpy for a bit and then you're like presumably the scarecrow is going to get revenge on that new good brother of his and he does. Right, sure. And um, It's like it's really, really predictable in that way. But the scarecrow looks kind of cool, and I think that in terms of, I think that one of the most frequent criticisms that I've landed on about this is kind of like either failing or not appearing to try to kind of match the spirit of creepshow itself. And these are just kind of these just feel like entries into what could be any anthology. Sure, sure. Mm And I feel like the companion earnestly tries to not do that. Like, I think that the bullying strand in this reminds me a little bit of, like, the Losers Club and the original It and all that kind of thing. It all just feels a little bit more at home under this banner than a lot of the other stuff has. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I don't think the, the section doesn't necessarily work all the way in that it's, like, kind of really predictable. But I think in terms of it being the right kind of spooky story, I think that it's much closer tonally. Right. Second half is um, an episode or a section called uh, Lydia Lane's Better Half, which is directed by uh, Roxanne Benjamin.
1: Of course, yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. So here you've got a, um, a woman who kind of passes her lover Celia over for a promotion, gives it to somebody else. A woman's understandably furious. Um, a struggle ensues, and she a- accidentally kills her. And this cover-up ensues, uh, where she's kind of like trying to hide the fact that she's accidentally killed this girl in her office. Uh, she drags the body into a lift, and it's stuck in a lift with the body.
1: <laughs> right.
0: I. Uh, I thought again. This this kind of felt like an ABC's a death thing for me. Oh right, okay. Or something like that. Like and, and not necessarily in a good way. I think like this didn't really know what I wanted to be. The kind of the actual death and the kind of practical stuff is really effective. The way she dies, she kind of stumbles and she gets kind of impaled on the head by this trophy. Uh huh. And like that's really gross and that kind of resurfaces later on in a way that's really cool. But I think that you know it couldn't balance it couldn't balance the fact that its premise is inherently ridiculous with the fact that it still obviously really wanted to be quite scary <laughs> okay. um, and I think that like yeah it it's it just it felt like a it felt like a story versus tone mismatch from the off, and it didn't really it didn't really do much for me at all I think I think overall I've probably like I've disliked more than I've liked, but I would say that that margin is shrinking, okay. So I'll stick with it till next week. I mean, Realistically, I'm going to stick with this till the end, because it's kind of become a little segment on its own at this point. <laughs> um, the only other thing that I really want to touch on before we go, uh, or before we go on to the next thing, it's not really watching, but there's some cool stuff going on podcast-wise, um, okay. horror-wise just now. So Creepy, the Bloody Disgusting Network podcast, the, sh- the horror fiction one, they're doing 31 days of horror just now. Sure. Uh, so, so it's uh, just a, one fiction story per day. They are sometimes about six minutes. Minutes long, sometimes about thirty-five minutes long, and for the most part, they've been really good, and I've really enjoyed just it becoming part of my commute. Okay, um, uh-huh. and stuff over the last couple of weeks, and obviously there is a time ago in the press twenty of them there. So if uh, you're curious about that, go check them out. And uh, also, I've now listened to the first two episodes of Tales Beyond the Pale. Yeah, you're finally joining
1: the Tales from Beyond the Pale train.
0: Yes, yeah, it took <laughs> until it became a podcast for me to do that So yeah, Larry Fessington and Gwen McQuaid's uh, Radio Plays Yes Now in podcast form The first two of these are both really good
1: Yeah, they're brilliant I've been kind of singing the praises of Tales from Beyond
0: the Pale for years now I um, know, I know, you were right
1: Yeah, and I, I, I told you previously that this was going to be something that would be right up your street
0: Yes, no, I mean, you're 100% right. You're 100% right, Andy, as always. you?
1: Yeah. yeah, Yes, I am, yeah. And I'm uh, always holding out for that phone call for that silky-voiced Scottish man to come and play a part.
0: Oh, uh, who can say, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got some competition there, though, I would say. You know, like Michael Parks around. Nah,
1: he's not going to... Nah, his voice is too soft and gentle. He's got the... I don't know. Yeah,
0: he's yeah, like, more of an ASMR thing. Yeah, aye, aye.
1: he's the kind of... He's the voice that will lull you to sleep. and the voice you wank to. Wow, okay <laughs> <laughs> He said
0: arrogantly <laughs> He mu- He mumbled sexily <laughs> um, Okay, I did have one other thing this week, of course He does indeed, and I can tell you that there's 11 left now 11? Yes, the 88th that I watched was Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead
1: Ah, right, okay This I, I mean, I, I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder at all But I really like this film
0: yeah, me too. I mean, obviously, uh, because I'm lacking the context of when this came out, I just look at this as Zack Snyder being someone who historically makes films that I think are crap. <laughs> um, yeah. So my expectations are quite low going into this. For one thing, like an incredible thing to be given as a feature debut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And handled really, really well.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I saw this in the cinema twice. Two different groups of friends. Uh, mm-hmm. One group quite horror fanny. Um, <laughs> and the other group not so much and I think it's one of those kind of films that appeals to more than just horror fans
0: I quite believe that I would say yeah yeah definitely yeah. um yeah I, I, I could see that kind of like transcending appeal there definitely for sure no I I, um, I think that it's like it's like a worthy remake of something that's kind of unremakeable yeah <laughs> um and uh, yeah and it, and it kind of stands on its own as well in terms of kind of like the tone and the sensibility of the thing I, I, I mark this down as a pleasant surprise
1: yeah yeah and a, a great cast in there as well
0: yeah, definitely. Yeah, Macai are doing good work in there.
1: Yeah, and uh, Van Graves is in there, obviously as well. And you've got uh, Ty Burrell from Modern Family.
0: Yeah, I that, that was. I was really something spotting him in there. <laughs> he plays um, a total dick in it as well, <laughs> which is which is weird when you're so used to him playing Phil. Yeah, yeah. So,
1: what have they been saying?
0: They've been saying plenty again this week. uh much of which was on Feast. Yeah, of course, of course. (laughs) Uh, So a big thank you, of course, to uh, Dave Malcolm joining us this week to come and talk (laughs) Feast with us. And um, yeah, a lot of people getting in touch with a lot of chat about this. So um, Dennis Extra and first getting in touch. I'm a big fan. My favourite joke not mentioned on the show was about Jason Mew's life expectancy already surpassed expectations. Also never realised that Tuffy was the girl on the lift from Liar Liar. Good spot. Great conversation. Cheers, guys. Dennis, you are, of course, very welcome.
1: Yes, of course, Dennis. Thank you. I've got some stuff on Feast, as you might expect. Mm-hmm. Stuart Spark, ah, the man himself. Yeah, getting in touch to say I know what I'm listening to tonight, and nice pick David. I like Feast. The sequels not so much. Yeah, kind of coming down on the same line as us there. The sequels uh, or certainly come down the same line as me and David. Uh, the sequels
0: not great. Yeah, on that note, actually, Shadon, not and Nazi on Twitter getting in touch, saying, I hope you guys cover Feast 2 and Feast 3, to which Dave simply replied, no.
1: <laughs> that's, that's true. I, I, yeah, not, I'm not going to put anyone through that, to be honest. If you want to see the sequels to Feast, then please, please feel free to hunt them out in your own time. But I'm not about to waste mine.
0: Yeah, leave us out of it.
1: Because <laughs> it is a precipitous drop-off.
0: Oh, I, I know that's a satisfying word.
1: <laughs> uh, Stephen Wales on Facebook getting in touch to say, Owned this for a long time, but don't think I watched it in about a decade. So gave it a rewatch the other night. Used to love this film, but its flaws are a little more apparent. Still think it's a fun watch for those that aren't easily shocked. And then coming back to say, great episode. I had no idea of the origins or the development issues with the film. Definitely going to check out the Project Greenlight on YouTube.
0: Uh, yeah, Dave certainly came in dropping some serious knowledge bombs about Feast.
1: But that—that's great. I, I love that about it. Like, I, I mean, I, like I said, I—I I had this kind of. Sideways knowledge of Project Greenlight, but I thought it was a much more. I thought it was kind of like one of those weird production banners that's raised for a film and like. That- Somehow Matt Damon and Ben Affleck were involved in that. I didn't know it was a TV show.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it was it was really cool. And yeah, like, very enlightening, I thought. it was Really interesting. Yeah, At Colac on Twitter, get in touch. Very strong selection. Underrated as fuck. I might binge the sequels over the next couple of days. Our opinions on that have been pretty clear up to now. Oh, dear. He said, uh, The Old Bird's title card might be the best intro to a character in that 21st century horror film. <laughs> uh, Which I believe is possibly a reference to uh, Grandma's life expectancy being listed as possibly already dead.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it is, yeah. Hanging about on Twitter here, we've got Gorehound at Zombieslue getting in touch to say, "Morning Angle, thanks for another quality minisode, strong, violent PC. My ride to work in the mornings are never better than when listening to Andy makes stuff and Watchfires Mitch." Oh. Um, no, I had re- said if anyone had any ideas to what I should change my Twitter handle to uh, instead of the frankly quite poor Andy Buwat, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I would listen to your choices and I may pick one and go with it. But uh, yeah, Gorehound saying my Halloween-inspired name change for Andy would be audition foot which I feels a bit of a stretch.
0: I feel like that's an incredible stretch. Um, Can see was going for, it, but yeah.
1: But it's accompanied uh, with a GIF from audition itself of a Sammy, uh, stretching out some piano wire there with bad intentions on her mind. Worth it for that.
0: I'm gonna say always nice to have your memory jogged about that. Yeah. Um, so staying with feast kinda. <laughs> And uh, veering into some pretty, some pretty colourful stuff happened on Twitter this week. Oh Jesus, <laughs> I know what this is going. Salt-air popcorn, or indeed Salter Pumpkin as he currently is, getting into touch <laughs> another great strong violent PC. I love feasts. some great factoids dropped by random elements. And I love the tumbleweed moment after Andy makes stuff, blurted out, you know that bad dragon site that sells those dragon dildos? I nominate Dragon Dildos for the suit title. I can't wait for the day when you discuss the alien ones that allow people to secrete eggs inside, which melt away apparently. Strange yeah. but true. Yeah. Very strange. Very yeah, strange. I
1: think they're called overpositors. Oh, are they? Yeah, I believe they are, yeah, and they're particularly weird. I mean, there's some weird sex toys out
0: there anyway. Um, yeah but, yeah i know that now
1: <laughs> which leads us on nicely to discussing some of them
0: yeah because uh yeah we, we uh we got um so a serious array of these sent to us including also um, a homemade one not a homemade sex toy but a homemade <laughs> <ad> <laughs> for sex toy you don't want a homemade
1: um, sex toy like some fucking something that's been whittled out of wood you get scale
0: something <laughs> else ass. <laughs> it's uh, soap <laughs> jesus um, christ you know um you get thrush yeah, but- if you do that Oh, for Christ's sake. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, Mitch had got a Dutch uh, with one, uh, or a, at least a mock-up of one, that looks like it was modelled on your Twitter avatar.
1: <laughs> I did see that. Uh, it's got quite a funny name, if I recall correctly.
0: Uh, yes, I believe uh, the Randy Stewart three thousand.
1: <laughs> I think that came off the back of a couple of other dildos that, or certainly uh, butt plugs that had been sent, because I had mentioned there's one that was modelled on Barack Obama, which I believe is called the Barack Obama. Uh,
0: yes, yeah, um, I believe that you also posted some photographic evidence of that, which is very decent of you. Yeah. Um, also, on a similar, on a similar tip, we did have, I believe, a uh, lover from the Black Lagoon. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep, uh, which is Markham? pretty interesting that as well. I mean, that's like, it looks big as well. Big and scaly. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I kind of get the impression that if there was ever going to be like an adult version of The Shape of Water, well, I mean, then they, uh, it looks like they, something from that.
1: They never do show the creatures dong in that film. No, you're right, they don't, do they?
0: It's very heavily
1: implied, of course, that they do have sex, but you never see uncurling some weird fucking proboscis from between its legs
0: uh no no i remember actually thinking that when uh, they were trying so hard to um realistically depict a romance between a woman and a fish man i fucking hate that film by the way i know um, you do i
1: remember, I think-
0: do. <laughs> I remember thinking that it was a little bit of a cop out actually really yeah i think so which is which is i know not not the kind of line of thought that i tend to go down but i was kind of like you know what kind of feels like you're wimping out here
1: <laughs> go back or go home you're saying
0: Literally. <laughs> wicked sister 69, Kim, uh, 100% that witch on uh, Twitter. Also getting in touch with um, a reference to a butt that is the shape and full size of a garden gnome.
1: Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Have <laughs> yeah. you ever seen the one that's just like, it's kind of just like a forearm with like a fist on the end?
0: Uh, Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you have,
1: yeah, yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't necessarily want to allude to that any further than that, but yes, I am aware.
1: Sounds like a guy who's got one.
0: Uh, (laughs) one thing that I hadn't seen um, that did come up in a similar vein uh, courtesy I believe of uh, Lauren McIntyre was the baby Jesus butt plugs uh, very blasphemous (laughs) Uh,
1: not just blasphemous more more than that, I mean a Jesus butt plug on its own would be pretty weird but the fact that it's a baby Jesus yeah I think that does make it considerably worse do you know what I think would be cool, like if you could get one that you you put in there right and then you pressed a button and the arms popped out like on the crucifix inside you and they had like vibrating hands or something
0: (laughs) wonderful (laughs) that's yeah yeah that and i i own that don't be going and making that yeah if someone turns up on dragon's den with that you'll be furious
1: (laughs) absolutely i'm at the front i'm at the forefront of dildonic technology dildonic technology that's actually what that's called isn't it so i believe so i believe it's called dildonics but uh, yeah i mean uh, yeah i don't want to be usurped i don't want my millions to go into the pockets of someone else because i slept on
0: a multi-million pound idea gotta do your due diligence for these things um elsewhere though i had <laughs> some um, <laughs> uh, had some feedback on death machine all right okay from darren gaskell or indeed as he is right now Darking Gasling. sure yes so I've seen this once way back when it came out in VHS. I remember the running time being a couple of hours, but not much else other than I quite enjoyed it. We'll have to seek it out again. Also, isn't the guy who plays John Carpenter the same guy who plays a really sleazy bloke who comes to a sticky end at the hands, cogs, gears, sorry, Mitch, of another killer robot in Richard Stanley's hardware? I have not fact-checked this. That could very well be true.
1: I haven't fact-checked it either, but I love hardware and I don't recall. Okay. it's <laughs> just good enough for me. Yeah. Um, um, You got anything else before we move on? Uh, I've got one more thing going back to... Uh, Saltired Pumpkin Mm -hmm. on a late last night and early this morning so of course I stayed up later to listen to the strong, violent PC minisode God damn that Ramon name made me laugh hard (laughs) (laughs) Ramon Numerals Ramon Numerals, yep Also, that (laughs) Event Horizon rating proves how useless Rotten Tomatoes is Couldn't agree more with that
0: Yeah, absolutely, criminally low Yeah, yeah, uh, far better than that than the score would have you believe Ah, absolutely. I've got one last thing, actually. Uh, so Scotty Henry on Twitter, who's been kind of sporadically contributing over the last little while. Um, He had kind of hazy memories and was seemed to be a little bit cold on Hellbent. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> after uh, we did the episode with Nick, and he said that he was going to go and check it out again. And uh, he's come back, and uh, he's kind of changed his tune a wee bit, to be honest. He said, um, OK, so I rewatched Hellbent. I've now changed my opinion. It's crazy, gate. I haven't seen a film in a while where all the main cast, I don't want to die horribly fair yeah, yeah uh, all definitely. the guys are really likable I would have liked an ending that gives some clues about the killer
1: that's true I would have I would have liked a little bit more I mean it, maybe it's maybe part of it is the fact that we don't know his motives and that potentially makes it scarier
0: yeah I kind of uh, whenever you get like absolutely no answered questions about the identity of a killer I always have to balance those two things about kind of like sometimes it's okay to treat your audience like adults and not answer every question and sometimes it just feels like a cop out but I, I think that I think Calvin gets away with it agreed yeah so yeah it is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. While we're recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster of a horror film from years gone by. He will have photoshopped out the title and the tagline and any other identifying text and leave only the image. It will, of course, be my mission to describe the image to the best of my ability and, where possible, give it both a title and a synopsis. So, last week, now, oh, I remember... <laughs> Last week we had school spirit. We did, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, reappropriated by me, as I recall, as a paranormal misogyny. Yeah, I'm. I'll be honest. I'm pretty worried about this. Uh, yeah, um, it's a pretty interesting crop this time. <laughs> um, I'm just, I'm just gonna say that. Uh, so Instagram first. Okay. And uh, CP Buckley. Sure. Gym. Yes. Yes. Of course. When the young heir to a vast, handsome ink fortune is murdered while at the gym, handsome, handsome. Hanson Handsome the third returns as a ghost haunting the same gym after several days of watching young women in the shower and with a now overdeveloped right wrist muscle Hanson is confronted by Jessica Jessica who (laughs) is the only living person who can see him CP really sticks to his rule with the names doesn't he
1: yes he does yeah but that's to be admired
0: I think so, uh, yeah it's nice to have the courage of your convictions When the grim specter of death Played by Armand DeSante appears and tells Hanson <laughs> That he has less than a week to solve his murder Or be trapped forever in the men's shower room Hanson must team up with Jessica to solve his own murder In 1987 screwball horror comedy Worth his waiting ghost <laughs> <laughs> I like that quite a lot <laughs> Me too um, Cosmic Grey Girl, um, right. Alexis, get in touch Wait, uh,
1: Nana hang, on, hang on Worth your waiting ghost, surely that's that Makes you
0: absolutely worthless Oh, yeah, true, actually, yeah. <laughs> Which, to be fair, judging by the way the characters described, sounds about right. <laughs> um, Cosmic Ray Girl, um, Alexis, getting in touch. Nana Curtins is a cheerleader at Vadrina High School, while aspirations of astronomy inspire her and an apparition appears after a steamy shower. It's her former flame, Dante Durke. Oh. He's back to haunt her whole school year as 1980s ghost writer. Oh, <laughs> right, ghost writer. Yeah, as in ghost, comma, her like an instruction. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, okay. Honey <laughs> underscore Ray on Twitter? Uh-huh. Uh, still killing it, by the way. Uh, the ghost of amorous quarterback Freda Scare haunts the <laughs> ladies' locker room at how much high in nineteen eighty seven Shocker Room? Right, okay. Is that um, two in the pink, one in the stink? <laughs> <laughs> God. Uh, salted popcorn? Yeah. Yeesh, the awful school spirit. Yes, or, it was awful, yeah. A bad classmate must masturbate while he stays up late on chatterbait to win a date with fate in the shape of gorgeous Kate in Detention 2, throwing in the towel. (laughs) (laughs) Keep those rhyming ones coming. Yep, love him. Uh, Andrew Marshall, semi pro geek, after unimaginatively named dickhead Randy Mann is cursed by a witch and dies of a heart attack while masturbating, he returns as a sex pest, ghost, preying on the female populace of Hackneyed Horror High. To save unsuspecting girls from the rampant revenant, teenage succubus Babs O'Doom must banish him to the netherworlds via a humiliating ritual of cruel calls and blue balls in 1986's Finicky Fuckery Faculty. <laughs> Okay, that was really good. Uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. Chris Salt, yes, of course, yes. Uh Obamon pictures and Twitter. Well, is he? Well, of course, well, he's he's cursed soul. Yes, at the moment. For Fife Forfar, all star quarterback and class president, school life should be a breeze, but he has a sordid secret. He's tremendously aroused by the feel of a wet towel. <laughs> when a chemistry class calamity turns him invisible, he discovers undreamt of new possibilities. Now, Fife Forfar, free to wander the ladies' locker room, can snag the ultimate trophy the towel that champion cheerleader Sherry Popwell has dried her boobs on. <laughs> yes, it's 1994's frankly dismal Memoirs of Invisible Man 2 The Towel That Dreaded Sundown. <laughs> Uh, that's pretty mighty uh, yeah I like that a lot (laughs) it's pretty great and Tony Consani
1: ah of course yes
0: when straight A German exchange student Hector Funt is bullied by the (laughs) football team into creating an invisibility formula to let them spy on the girls locker room things take a sinister turn when team captain Terry Tosterone turns up literally emasculated (laughs) Has hormone-fueled jealousy among the team taken a deadly turn, or have the girls finally had enough of the boys' shenanigans? With the rest of the ghostly players still unaccounted for, Hector must team up with ex-quarterback Jock Buffstrap to find (laughs) out the truth. (laughs) And bring them back in time for the big game on Friday in 1983's Unexpected Specter Inspectors, the surprisingly (laughs) sexy investigation (laughs) of Buffstrap and (laughs) Fruits. Uh, what was okay. that? Unexpected Specter inspectors. Unexpected Specter inspectors. Surprisingly <laughs> sexy investigation of Buff, Strap, and food. Wow.
1: Uh,
0: um. I'm gonna give it to Jock Buffstrap for best character name. Fair. Yeah. Yep. And I think I'm gonna give it to Chris again. They tell all the dreaded sundown. Yep. with <laughs> <laughs> that. That's fine. Okay. So I guess it's my turn now.
1: Yeah. Uh, are you ready for this one?
0: Uh, as I'll ever be. Something
1: a little bit different this time inbound. Okay, here we go.
0: Oh, okay. This is very different. This is a this I, I would say this is a marked departure yeah. from, uh, from from the yeah. last look from the last few. Um okay. So we have in the back okay, so there's no border on the image for a start. The background is mostly black, um with the exception of some kind of uh, some kind of light blue wisps of smoke. <laughs> sure. in the background um and well there's it looks like maybe like a lamp or a window or something it's kind of fuzzy in the background but the lighting is very kind of like there's like a kind of nicholas winden Refn style to the lighting here i would say very part all purples and blues um we have a cat's head here yeah um atop uh a feminine human hand <laughs> uh, which has a uh, long red nails and kind of like a ve- kind of a very fancy piece of jewelry on a ring finger sure and i think that's pretty much it actually to be honest cat's head atop dainty bejeweled hand
1: yeah white cat's head worth mentioning
0: oh ca- white cat yeah. white cat's white cat's head yeah that's fair that's on top fair. of okay. quite a veiny hand i suppose it is quite veiny isn't it A vascular hand yeah yeah right okay um give me a wee minute yeah sure <laughs>
1: I thought it was best to maybe take a step away from some of the more uh, misogynistic ones that, of late, kind of kicking off with munchies.
0: I do feel like I, um, yeah, I feel like you have been going almost deliberately problematic. I have
1: uh, been, uh, maybe I have. It's been not been, it's been a kind of unconscious thing, but I think I've been kind of trying to take things down a more um, high school porky sex comedy romp style yeah, of thing for the past I, I, I,
0: that does seem to be the, that does seem to be the way you've been pointing it for sure. Yeah. Um with this one though I think I'm just about there. Okay. It's Fashion Week and the industry's best and brightest have descended on Milan. Oh. Among the biggest names attending is legendary but reclusive designer Edwina Kaftan, making her first public appearance in more than 15 years. <laughs> As the festivities begin, Edwina tries to combat her crippling agoraphobia. Nearby, trouble befalls one of the event's main sponsors as an Arctic lorry carrying hundreds of bottles of a fashionable new fruit water crashes near the local cat sanctuary, Friends Forever. <laughs> okay. With the chemically enhanced beverage turning the felines into a horde of rabid hellcats, it's up to Edwina to stop the bloodshed before it's too late in 1978's Nightmare Catwalk, The Fast and the Furriest.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, well then. Well then. Go on. The year. It's 1978. No way! Yeah, a, a real victory for Mitch. Is that the first time I've ever got the year right? Possibly, possibly. I, I don't quite remember, we have had 60 odd of these. It's definitely low single figures if it's not the first one. Definitely, definitely. Um, And the film is The Legacy.
0: The Legacy, okay. Uh, What's it about, and more importantly, who's synopsising?
1: Well, the synopsis this time is coming in from IMDb contributor John Coyne. John Coyne eh? Lay on me John Six beautiful people arrive For a weekend in the country Six guests of the unseen host Who lies wasting away upstairs Five heirs to a mysterious Legacy watch the body of the Sixth float to the side of the pool Four claim the unspeakable Power of the legacy while a red stain Spreads across the ceiling Three realise that the legacy has come To claim them while outside dogs Dine in what was once a man And then there are two (laughs)
0: <laughs> does the countdown continue or is that where it ends uh, that's that's the end <laughs> amazing great stuff yeah the legacy um, is it any good not seen it oh
1: okay what okay. was very much won over by the poster
0: absolutely and, and and the synopsis yeah yeah okay um so quick look at the streaming platforms then for this week do it let's do it Okay, so I'm um, pretty quiet. We can shudder in the UK. Um, a reasonably big-ish festival title landed next week in the UK, but this week you've pretty much just got the uh, new episode of Creep Show uh, coming on Thursday. You have got segments there directed by John Harrison and Tom Savini. Oh, Savini's back, is he? He is indeed. Uh, Amazon Prime uh, tenuous at best. But on the 22nd, which I believe is Tuesday, yeah, uh, you've got Cold Pursuit. <laughs> okay. Uh, with Liam Neeson, which is uh, Hans Petter Moland remaking his own film, In Order of Disappearance. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and also on the 28th, um, a film that is a darling of another bad film podcast. Uh, it's Geostorm. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Landing on Amazon Prime then. And of course, you got weekly new episodes there of Mr. Robot and The Purge sure yes yes <laughs> um so sky cinema and the way a new release is not a massive amount but they are they've just put out a couple of things um that are kind of like collections for halloween oh, right, like seasonal package yeah so i took a quick look at those so in sky cinema there's like a spooky collection oh. like or for like uh, to show your kids kind of thing all oh, right okay uh so that's got things like uh the adams family uh Sal- Paranorman. Sal- sallow yeah, yeah. uh Paranorman, uh monster family which I, I don't know what that is but it's there and uh, also a uh, Henry Selick's Coraline. oh ah, that's amazing yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant deeply unsettling
1: uh, though. you, you- Tread carefully when showing it to your kids.
0: I oh yeah yeah like I like I, I really like think carefully about that one because that is <laughs> I'm quite happy to admit that like I, I saw that when I was about 26 and I thought it was scary. <laughs> uh, from the 25th as well, so that's available from the 21st of October to the 3rd of November. So from yesterday through to next week, mm-hmm. 25th of October to the 3rd, you've got a kind of more adult kind of Halloween collection, and by that I mean 18 certain films. I don't mean like sexy films. No, oh, uh, shame. That's a shame. Got Halloween 2018. Oh. <laughs> A mixture of classics and newbies, so like uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Shining, A Quiet Place, Hocus Pocus, The Nun, The Exorcist, and The Ring in there. Okay, and a pretty good
1: selection. Cro- Is it the remake of The
0: Ring or the original? Do we know? I think it's the original. Right, um, okay,
1: well that's a pretty good selection, except for The Nun. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I think I think it's pretty good, really. Um, yeah, and uh, in terms of like just kind of being like cross genre and cross era, I think not bad at all. Yeah. Netflix has a couple of things actually landing this past Saturday: at Kong Skull Island. I love Kong Skull Island. Yeah, it's there. It's uh, it's good to go. On Tuesday of this week, you've got um, Keanu Reeves in Replicas. All oh, right. right. Um, mm-hmm. After losing his family to a tragic accident, a neuroscientist tries to bring them back with a cloning experiment. Oh, God, I really hope Keanu plays a neuroscientist. On Thursday, we have uh, Daybreak Season 1. Living his best life in post-apocalyptic LA, a slacker strives to find the girl of his dreams while outwitting mindless ghouls and cliquish gangs.
1: Oh, that sounds interesting.
0: Yeah, take what you want from that. I mean like um I I I think I don't think that mindless ghouls don't sound that hard to outwit. <laughs> well, it depends on your your protagonist's level of wit, Mitch, cuz he might be a dim-witted fool. I mean, I tell you, he certainly is by def- uh, by description a slacker, so he maybe just doesn't have his wits about him. Um uh, yeah, it could be that. Also, on Friday, I uh, got Rattlesnake. Ooh, what's um, this? Which is uh, after a mysterious woman saves her daughter from a deadly snake bite, a single mother must repay the debt by killing a stranger by sundown. What? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just realizing that, that description is good. So you have a woman, a single mother, whose daughter is saved from a snake bite by another woman, woman two,
1: <laughs> right. and
0: woman two says to woman one, "You have to repay the debt by killing a stranger by sundown." So woman one has to kill a stranger by sundown.
1: Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: uh Interesting. Uh, confusing. So, if you want to t- off the back of that riveting description, if you want to chase it down, that's on Netflix from Friday. Sure. And uh, that's just about it. So, I would say it's a kind of a tricky one to pick, uh, like a pick of the week for, because there's quite a lot of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, but like a lot of kind of, uh, I would say uh maybe just kind of get stuck into that Halloween collection.
1: I think so. Yeah. I think that's your pick of the week, and I would say it's the pick of the week because there's so much in there to be getting on with. Um, so much kind of quality stuff as well. Uh. mean, The exorcist in there, so it's immediately elevated,
0: yeah. And I mean, yeah, like we just get stuck into all of that and then just don't watch the (laughs) nun, yeah. Go, like, go and make yourself some dinner or something and just let that play in the background. Hey, yeah, I would say that's about about an appropriate level of appreciation. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let's turn our attentions to this week's show then, okay. (laughs) And uh, we kind of decided to do a kind of a two in one on this one,
1: yeah, because we had and we had planned on doing a bonus.
0: Yeah, we were going to have this guy on, uh, as he has been before, to talk about the lineup for the Soho Horror Festival. Yes. And we figured, while we were doing that, why not give him a chance to talk about another film? Yeah. So, this week we are once again being joined by the director of the Soho Horror Festival, returning for its second year this November, it's Mr. Mitch Harris. Hooray! Hooray, <laughs> Andy! Always good to have Mitch on the show, and he has picked something that is very closely linked to the Soho Horror Festival itself, on account of the fact that the festival is screening the documentary Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street.
1: Yep, and if you don't know what that means in regards to the film that we'll be doing this week, the the documentary kind of says- Centres around the life of Mark Patton, who plays the lead character Jesse in 1985's A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2, Freddy's Revenge.
0: Which is what we're discussing this week. So Mitch joins us this week to talk both the Soho Horror Festival and specifically A Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. Could we call this a mega sod? I think we can. I think we can. Super sod. <laughs> a super sod. I like it. Yeah, great. Um, so that's this week. That's this Friday. That's the episode that's ailing this Friday. Yeah. Mitch Talks Elm Street 2. Now, a couple of people have mentioned it, it is about time that we announced it. The live show. We're doing a live show this Friday at Celluloid Screams in Sheffield, Showroom Cinema, this Friday at noon. It's free. If you're in the area, feel free to come along, say hi. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're really looking forward to it. And, well, we've decided to do something a little bit different this time. We have indeed. I'm very excited about this one, Mitch, I'm going to be honest with you. But yeah, we've decided to make it an Andy versus Mitch live one, just because we've never done one before.
1: No, and I think it'll be fun, I think it'll be nice, and more importantly than that, it's still my choice. So uh, we, thought this was a, <laughs> we thought this was a nice way for us to get this back on track.
0: Yeah, I don't know if you would have okayed it if it was not your choice.
1: No, 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 but uh, this choice is certainly a controversial one, I would say go on. And it might be a surprising one to a lot of people who know me. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I think an apology up front's probably required for everyone attending, but I defy anyone to watch this film and not have an absolute blast. Okay. I think it's important that I don't tell you what the film is. I think I will let a clip from the film do the talking.
0: Okay, on you go. Oh for fuck's sake <laughs> We're doing Neil Labute's The Wicker Man We are indeed, we're going
1: back to 2006 It's Ellen Burstyn <laughs> and the mighty Nicolas Cage And the remake of The Wicker Man And an uncredited Aaron Eckhart and James Franco Yes of course, yes,
0: yes, Good. yes Wow, wow This is going to be fun, come on yes this is going to be fun come armed with questions and come armed with a renewed sense of patience we're talking about (laughs) the wicker man at (laughs) celluloid screams i'm not gonna lie man i'm delighted that's such a great choice i can't wait to talk about this and i can't wait to hear what other people have to say about it too
1: yes indeed dan like we said it's free so if you're in sheffield if you're at the festival just come along wander in
0: yeah just come on down come on down the more than (laughs) many please And I suppose that's just about it for this week Yeah, yeah Um, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people with something to say about that I have a funny feeling that both of the film choices that we've been talking about are going to attract some attention. And so if you want to get in touch and let us know how you feel about all of this, then there are loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent scenes. You can tweet us as well at StrongViolentPC. And you can email longer considerations, musical interludes, Mitch's picture suggestions, listener's choice episode suggestions, and all those kinds of things to scenes at gmail.com. Yep,
1: yeah, and you can jump onto our website where you'll find everything you'll ever need to know about the podcast uh, and there will also be at the point of listening new t-shirt designs go and get them. oh my goodness we're back friday talking elm street 2 and
0: we're live friday talking the remake of the wicker man got all that join us then if you can in the meantime don't forget it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chads. goodbye bye